Hello, everybody. It's He Yang. Roundtable is thrilled to launch the UniTalk Challenge: Rising Stars of Roundtable. If you like the show and enjoy our discussions, why not take the stage yourself? Calling all university students, both undergraduates and postgrads, to engage in an English discussion on a topic that ignites your passion. Record your discussion, which consists more than one person, and send it to us at ezfmroundtable@foxmail.com. You could be the next rising star of Roundtable. An incredible opportunity awaits, so seize the moment. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, He Yang. I'm joined by Ding Hong in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. The next topic of discussion is buzzing with controversy and curiosity. Genetic testing for predicting a child's talents—is it a crystal ball into their future abilities, or should we approach it with caution? And we share with you what's made us happy this week in Roundtable's Happy Place. Should you miss something on the actual air, we've got a podcast. We're not judging. Things like kids get in the way. We get it. Check it out. Roundtable China on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the platform of your choice. And a quick shout out to Francesca Gersh in France. Thanks for your comment on Spotify. I'm glad that you find our discussion on pop-up stores and flash retailing useful. Keep sending us your comments, thoughts, and questions to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. Your voice could be featured in the show in our heart-to-heart segment. Now let's move on to the next topic of discussion today. Having kids is kind of like Forrest Gump opening that fateful box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get, possibly in an attempt to mitigate the element of surprise. Some. Parents are buying into what certain companies in China and the U.S. are marketing: genetic testing as a means to predict children's talents. These businesses claim that by analyzing a child's saliva sample, they can purportedly determine various attributes, including intelligence, emotional intelligence, talents in areas like dance, music, and sports, as well as personality traits. But The whole thing actually sounds very wonky. So, Ding Hong, could you update us on what's going on with these genetic testing for child's talents? Yeah. So it appears that um, recently these genetic testing agencies, I guess they are corporate organizations. They have gained a lot of、uh, popularity among parents. And basically, I think the testing procedure of these genetic testing agencies are generally、uh, similar to one another.、Um, these organizations would more often than not send a sampling kit to、uh, some of these、um, young parents, and parents can collect their children's、uh, saliva sample and then send these samples back to the testing agency for further analysis. The agency will somehow interpret the genes in the、uh, in the oral mucosa DNA molecule <laughs> and conduct gene decoding. 
it takes about one to somewhere between one one week and three weeks,、mm-hmm. and then parents will be provided with the results. And、uh, some of these、um, services can be pretty costly. They can cost as high as ninety eight hundred yuan. That's equivalent to more than thirteen hundred U.S. dollars. I'm not sure. Thirteen hundred U.S. dollars. Actually, this is decoding the future of your kid. Is that too expensive? <laughs> What do you think, Josh?、Um, do you see similar things happening in the UK? Certainly, a quick search online. There are so many companies doing this in this space in China and in the U.S. Well, there are and there aren't actually, because a lot of these companies that exist in the UK and U.S. Their main focus is actually on health-related、mm. traits more than identifying talents, and of course there is some crossover there. But I- I'm extremely skeptical about this whole thing,、yeah. um, to be honest.、Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, most of these companies that probably you've seen and I've seen similar ones, they they mainly focus on health-related benefits because, as I'm sure you guys will agree, talent. This word talent is extremely vague, right? Um, it's then, not so vague anyway, in this area, my friend, because it sounds like okay. This is, is though. I mean, <laughs> okay, okay. Like, hear me out, and sure, then sure, and then and then、uh, tell me what you mean. All right. So basically, looking at these reports, the the parents want to know: Am I going to get the future Long Long? Am I going to get the future Nadal or Federer? You know. So it's like music, it's sports, it's、um, a little bit goal. Oriented, driven.、Um, I think they just want to know if they're gonna get the next big star, of, uh, you know, overachiever in a specific area that's called talent in that sense. So, yeah. So, Josh, what came to your mind when initially you say, "Well, you know, this is a vague word, talent." Well, I think it is a very vague word because I think that when we think about talent, we often categorize them into various hobbies like music, art,、mm-hmm. sport. Academia, whatever, but actually, all of these things are directly related. It's been shown again and again. For example, in school curriculums, that schools that encourage more music also the the students end up doing better in this subject and that subject. And also, a lot of great sportsmen, you know, their brains have been analysed and stuff, and they they also are considered to be artists and very creative. You know, in the way that they may play a sport or something like this. So. I think there's extremely limited scientific、mm. evidence,、um, and I think it's actually quite dangerous、yeah. this, to、um, stigmatize us. And I, I think the ethical concerns here they're definitely outweigh. Yeah, they're, they're they're absolutely huge, and there's so limited scientific evidence that any of this is actually true, and that this will end up resulting in anything positive、um, for that child. I think. Yes, let's get to the science now. So, how accurate are the predictions made through? Genetic testing when it comes to anticipating children's talents. Yeah, so to a large extent, I personally share many of these、um, concerns or skepticism expressed by Josh、uh, a moment ago. Are these results really scientifically based or grounded?、Um, yeah, for some of the cases, I saw news reports. Um, the doctors who interpret the results may not be professionals in the relative 
field because uh, a domestic Chinese news outlet BJ News have done some investigative reports in this regard, and during this um, investigation process,、um, some agencies claim they tell to these、uh, media reporters. That the interpretation is done by an associate chief physician in the respiratory department. However, when a reporter inquired further about whether a respiratory doctor is qualified to interpret genetic issues,、oh. then the staff of this,、uh, you know, gene testing agency or company、uh, explained, quote unquote, that. This physician has been an expert in regenerative medicine for many years, so you can feel some somehow the facts they they listed is、um, in conflicts with one another, and one fact does not match another so-called fact. So it's very difficult to to tell, and also there is a a lot of questions surrounding the the professional literature and references because. Uh, they are not at all open to the public、mm-hmm. because when reporters asked a particular genetic testing company whether there is literature support for each talent and gene locus, the person in charge of the business affirmed it, but said that gene locus cannot be disclosed because they are our research results. Quote <laughs> unquote. So as for the professional database, I think. Uh, genetic researchers would、uh, some professional real genetic researchers would have a lot of comments because,、um, to the knowledge of these real professional researchers, there is no such database that can be found either domestically in China or internationally. Basically, you know, the conclusion of how genes. Might have an impact on an individual's behavior and future performance can only be made based on a large, you know, quantity of、uh, laboratory or clinical data. This is a very accuracy-focused、mm. pr- uh, process or procedure.、Mm-hmm. So, I guess if a company is unable to provide literature support. Then very likely the whole thing represents a lie.、Mm. Do you think parents know this? I mean, when I introduce this topic,、um, I use that Forrest Gump "Life is a Box of Chocolate"、um, analogy because, well, because it conveys the idea that, like opening a box of chocolate with a variety of flavors, having children. Brings unexpected and diverse experiences, challenges, and joys, and you never know exactly what to expect. Isn't that kind of the really scary part, and also the beauty of having kids? And why do you think that parents desire talent test results for kids? Not all, but those who certainly have fallen for it. Well, I think that. The answer may be somewhat obvious in that parents, of course, want the best for their children, and many of them do anything if they think it's going to help their child have, you know,、uh, be a, a step above or to find success, to find happiness. Ultimately, I mean, I hope it's、uh, in that way. I, I'm sure that there are examples where there's probably some toxicity in this、uh, relationship to some degree, wanting the child to succeed academically or in a sporting context or whatever,、um, but. You know, I, I think that, like many products, I think that it's completely unnecessary. And this market 
these businesses are sort of preying on this very um, real and very sensitive relationship that the parents have with with their children um, and it's very profitable you know uh, recently on the show we were talking about the um, maternity market and things like this as well and it's uh, incredible how much money is being spent here so I can totally understand it um, why parents would spend money on something like this especially if you know that they believe that it was really going to help their uh, child succeed in life yeah um you know today's parents have a lot of uh, anxiety in a amid a very competitive uh, educational environment for the for their next generation then they know it is not healthy they know it is not good but in one way or another they would match in this particular direction anyhow so yeah, it's very unfortunate. Mm. Well, what are the main concerns for the practice of parents using genetic testing to identify their children's talent? Uh, Josh, you alluded to well, ethical issues. That's huge here. Privacy mm. issues. Excuse me. And nobody asked the little child, like your information, your fundamental DNA coding is going to be out there obviously without your yeah. consent because the kid is simply too young. So um, what are the, you know, the, the prominent concerns that are worth our attention here? Well, yeah, I mean, to answer your question about stigmatization, I think that if we were to really invest in genetic testing for talent, then this is going to result in labeling. That is what it is. We are labeling. And as we know, historically, again and again, it's been proven that Labeling anybody because of their genetics is results in social stigma. Um, and, you know, on the top of this, there are privacy concerns and the potential misuse of all of this kind of information. But definitely it's going to result in some social stigma if, you know, the artist or even if genetics get even more specific. And it's like you are the, you know, you are the football player. Here is the chemist. Here is the scientist, you know, and they haven't even started academia yet. So. I think that there's a real risk of social stigma because also as a society, we actually value different talents in different ways, right? Honestly, we see it in how specific university degrees are valued on the job market, for example, things like this, right? Certain degrees are valued more high than others. So what chance do you have if you've already been labeled as having a talent in that degree that isn't valued very highly? I think that there's, there's a whole... Pandora's box of issues that could could uh, you know erupt from this. Yeah, when we talk about this phenomenon, I feel like uh, too much emphasis is being placed on the issues surrounding talent. But one result is that probably we will focus less on some of the later stage, you know, hard work that is required for your success. Um, you know, sometimes I I watch or observe some sports related issues. Maybe Josh have uh, his own opinion on this, but for example, when we when we talk about football or soccer, uh, two major superstars, Cristiano Ronaldo and uh, Real Messi, both of them are very hardworking. But Messi probably represents the the talented type, but uh, Ooh, the, the we other better one be is... careful. Those football fans, <laughs> they yeah. are very vocal. Yeah, but the other one, Cristiano Ronaldo, represents the hardworking type. 
relatively speaking. So I feel like、um, both talents and hardworking are very important. You know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really interesting because we're maybe、uh, getting at the nature versus nurture discussion as well. And you can have the most talented, quote unquote, talented kid, but without the necessary environment, without all these other factors that come into play, then. This person will not achieve the mainstream success that maybe the parents perceive for that person, and so there's so many talented people out there, but somehow they fall through the cracks or they don't achieve this strand of success, but they do in in a different way, you know. So I think it's kind of dangerous to rely on a genetic testing result. And a focus on predetermined talents may limit a child's exploration of diverse interests and hinder the development of a well-rounded skill set. It could create pressure to conform to perceived genetic predispositions, and a certain trend、uh, in education seems to advocate for. Well-rounded individuals and a narrow focus on predetermined talents could hinder the development of well-rounded individuals. Success in life often requires a diverse skill set and the ability to adapt to various situations, which may not align with a singular predetermined talent.、Um, do you think that there might be cultural differences between? China and the U.S. or you know the U.K. in this aspect, since you're from the U.K.,、uh, you know impact the acceptance and perception of genetic testing for predicting children's talents. Here in China, some parents are simply seeing these tests in a far more welcoming attitude. Well, I think it's it's quite difficult for me to make a direct comparison. Definitely, statistically, it's so difficult to get any. Quantitative data on this, right, or even qualitative data on like what people feel about this in different countries and different cultures.、Um, also, given that as we've discussed, there's a lack of scientific evidence to suggest that any of this is even helpful or is going to actually result in any results.、Um, so, I think that it's quite difficult to talk about the cultural difference here.、Um, I think that there is definitely a market for it, as is. Evident from the research I've done before this show in the UK and the US, but as I mentioned before, most of these companies are actually focused on health-related traits、um, to specifically identify、um, things to do with, you know, the possibility of a hereditary disease or something like this. There is some things to do with mental health, which I guess is more of a crossover because it is more about the psychological development, of the brain. Um, and there are some hereditary things, you know, such as depression and anxiety. You know, there are you can see if there's maybe a greater chance of you having that through some of these tests as well. But less of a focus on this.、Um, again, quite difficult to compare it、mm. because it's so new.、Um, to your second question about the kind of、uh, regulations that there should possibly be on something like this, I think that there should be. I think that. These kind of services should not be allowed to exist unless there is a massive enough scientific evidence to, to suggest that it's true. And even if it is true, even if it is true, I think that we have to have more conversations about the usefulness of this, the potential dangers of this information, about how 
is it really related to success? What is success? Is it related to happiness? Um, is this going to make our schooling systems better? Is it going to make our is it going to make our world better? Right, these kind of things. Um, so I think that there's bigger questions to be asked, um, you know. And mm. my regulation right now would be to just Ban not it. allow it unless it's directly related to health,、mm. which I which I totally understand.、Mm. Yeah, I definitely agree with Josh in this particular point that there there needs to be a great degree of regulation. Yeah, I also think that this kind of services should not be there in the first place. But since they are there, they they needs to be regulated in a proper manner. And somehow I feel like、uh, there is not so much of a cultural difference、mm-hmm. because I think like Josh mentioned earlier, that every parents want the best for their children. So yeah, actually, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. I'll stand in the minority here, and I'd say that maybe there is a cultural difference in that sense. Okay, we all see the best for your kids, maybe differently, because maybe one parent actually think, yes, being Long Long, the next pianist of a master in the field, yes, that's the most important thing for my kid. And maybe some other parent thinks, oh, I just want happiness for my kid. I don't want any like extra stress. I want life to be easy on my kid. And then, so like, what's best? Parents will have different ideas,、mm. and also how do you pursue that?、Mm. That's going to be different as well,、yeah. and also how involved or how much of a wolf mom or tiger dad would you want to be? Parents will have a million different ideas on what they see、mm. uh, as best and how to. Go about it their way.、Yeah. So that's one thing. Yeah, but my point earlier is that each type of these、um, various kinds of parents that you mentioned, they all exist either in Chinese culture or Western、yeah. culture, right? Yes, but、um, they can exist in bigger groups or smaller groups <laughs> as a force. And、um, I think in China, where there's strong emphasis on education and achievement. Is prevalent. There might be a higher willingness among parents to explore genetic testing or other ways as a means to gain insights into their child's potential abilities. In contrast, in the U.S. and some of the Western societies,、um, where there might be a stronger emphasis on individualism, personal autonomy, there might be a little bit more of the skepticisms and concerns about. The ethical implications of what we're talking about here, and also、um, this might be a bit of a stereotype, but let's see if it holds water. Americans often value the freedom of choice and might be cautious about some of these potential societal consequences. Yeah, this is one of those really fascinating topics, and certainly I agree with you guys that regulatory measures play a crucial role in shaping the responsible. And ethical use of such technologies, and there needs to be clear guidelines and safeguards to ensure that genetic testing is conducted with transparency, informed consent, and adhere to privacy standards. And、um, there are definitely a lot of factors that need to be balanced so that nobody is hurt and、uh, bearing the dangerous fruit of an action that、uh, is a decision made. At such early stages of a child's life, you're listening to Roundtable. Coming up next, Roundtable's happy place. Delivery, delivery, delivery. 
What is it? Happiness from Round Table. All right. So, Ding Hong, what do you have for us for this week's happy place? Yeah, one thing great for me this week is、uh, earlier this week、uh, I had the honor to be invited back to the university、uh, where I graduated from. I gave a lecture to some of the、um, students、uh, junior year、uh, in their third grade who were、uh, studying in a major called、uh, English language、uh, broadcasting and hosting. And I share wisdom, some of my expertise, so-called expertise in, in in producing radio shows and making you know、uh, international news commentary stuff like that. So a fascinating experience to go back to the school、uh, where I attended more than a decade ago. A lot of、um, memories about、uh, my my university days、yeah. went back. Somehow I feel like they were hidden in my deep in my brain, but the moment. I arrived at the campus. They all came back. Oh, that's lovely! <laughs> And they only invite the high achievers of alumni to go back and give a lecture at your alma mater. So, congratulations! And、uh, yeah, like, what was it like、um, imparting your knowledge and wisdom to these young students?、Um, They are really talented. They can speak English really well, and most of them were born after two thousands. So、wow. yeah, I think that the the environment where they grow up, they had、uh, much better access to all kinds of English material. Yeah, material than my generation. So they were good, and hopefully, there will be some of them will become our. Coworkers and colleagues <laughs> in the future. Recruits. <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much, Ding Hong. Josh, what is your happy place this week? Does it involve facial well, hair? Yes. Well, <laughs> recently you might have noticed that my facial hair has been growing, and I've been growing a mustache. <laughs> The reason that this makes me happy because it adds warmth. So um. <laughs> well, it, winter is coming,、um, but there's actually quite a lot of reasons. But I've I've just found that having growing the mustache has made me care more about generally everything about myself.、Um, I've been going to the gym more. I've been sleeping better. I've been eating more healthily. I've just been making better decisions in my life. Like how and why? Well, I guess it's difficult for me to explain. It's something quite magical, Heyang, which you know I I'm sure that any gentleman listening who has a mustache understands. You know, there's just、mm. something inspiring and magical about it, and there's nothing more for me to say. Well, I'm truly fascinated, and this is already bringing、mm. a smile to my face. You can tell even just by listening to my voice.、Um, okay, a friend of mine. <laughs> Okay, he used to have a huge beard, and I don't know if you're, you know, on the way to that. But like, I used to joke with my friend that he could hide a manto, a steam bun, in his beard. I was just wondering, you know, don't you find like hygiene and other issues to be a little bit of a, I don't know, maybe could be a turnoff. Sure, it's a fantastic question that you ask about food getting caught in the mustache, which is definitely one of the biggest concerns、uh, to all of those who who have one. And、um, I think that, yeah, one has to really take care of the hygiene and make sure that after you've eaten and when you're eating, that you you take care of it. And also the way you trim it, you want to make sure that there's no overhanging hairs、um, and that you can eat cleanly. And 
And as I said, it, it's like a domino effect. You know, you, you have to maintain um, your mustache hygiene and then you think about the rest of your body as well. And I think it just makes you a much more hygienic um, and <laughs> good you know, looking person. Cleaner person. Yeah, lovely. Mm. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for what you've shared with us. And that brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, thank you, Ding Hong and Josh Cotterell, for joining the discussion. I'm He Young. We'll see you next time. <laughs>